Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. All right. You're listening to One Mike, and tonight we're going to be talking about everything from ladies first to uh, the championship game to you might even hear some talk about Donald Trump. You're definitely going to get to the opening day talk. Hank is about to go crazy with that. We know the streets are listening, and this is Inside the Park on RSG. right. This thing right here is for my people in the street. Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause. Throughout the stadium, as the man sounded like he just coughed up a lung. They're looking around. The jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need? Uh, CPR or something And then at that particular time I lost it <laughs> Devon dropped Yes, yes, yes Today Phoenix is another place They got a great uh, training staff I mean they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq And you can do that you know, People talk a lot about <laughs> their training staff Yes, yes, today you know, as we start this show, this one mic. That's right, that's right, that's right. One mic. Welcome to one of the many uh, platforms on RSG. Uh, one mic. You'll get the big show. You'll get hustle and flow. You'll get whatever. We're always dropping something new on the platform. But welcome to one mic. Uh, this is where we, we know that the streets are listening. And we're trying to tap into the pulse of what's going on in the world of sports. And I'm always able to do that um, with uh, my guy, Hank. Before we get to him, we always want to say that all the callers uh, and the host uh, are brought to you by Carbon World Health, this total fitness solution. Go to CarbonWellHealth.com or, and connect with Dr. Rodriguez and his staff and let you get the Carbon World Health experience that I've been getting uh, that's dropped me down about 25, 30 pounds. We've got the challenge going against ESPN, the underground against the overground, 
and uh, it's great to be working with everybody over there. I want to say shout out to uh, TJ and Brooke and Russ and the whole staff, Geo and everybody over there um, uh, for doing what you do and ride with us. And now I'm getting to my man. They used to call him Big Bank, Big Bank Hank, but now they just call him the Crooner Hank. I don't know if I don't know if Vito Brown can sing better than Hank. I don't know. I don't think. I think Hank might be able to do Vito. But uh, I know can't nobody out talk him in the game. Welcome, my brother. How you doing? I'm doing good. I think the biggest question is, brother, how you doing? You know, uh, you've yeah, been concerned about your prayers. <laughs> been going out to you. How you been doing? Man, I, I, I'm on the I'm on the comeback a, a little bit here. Uh, I was down and out. Uh, I, I had the kidney stones, man. And I, I, you know, it's funny when you you tell somebody you had it. The reaction from both male and female alike is the same. It's either out or ooh. Uh, and uh, so I, I was I was down and out, coming back strong, man. But uh, you know, uh, back into my workout yesterday. Uh, 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 almost fell out, but uh, I'm back on track. So it's like one step back, you know, I'm trying to take three or four steps forward. You know, that's a good thing, man. But, you know, the sad thing about it is a lot of folks say ooch and ouch, and, you know, the prayers go up and you know, everybody is care for you. And then when you find out you're all right, you know, then then the reality hits. You know, when, especially that's when you're right. dealing with heads around the country, you know, it, it, uh, an individual, your brother, he's nuts. You know, I asked how you were doing. He said, yeah. He's sitting over there, had to do that Heisman pose because he in so much pain. <laughs> you know, so if you can just get that visual out there. <laughs> it feels bad, but you can't feel so bad because you can kind of relate. <laughs> it would kill me when it is. He said that to me. If you in pain, you can't really laugh. But I was right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, He's like, he's like, he's the Heisman pose, perpetual pose, until it get right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could not. My daughter's like, yo, you're talking to Uncle Steve right now. I said, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's I'm crazy, like, I'm right? Like, How nuts can you be? I said, I said, that, I said that's supposed to be, uh, and I know laughs is supposed to be good medicine, but that's an overdose right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's an overdose, man. He is uh, out of control, and that, that's what makes the crew run. You know that we are—we always find a way to make you feel better, or at least try to make you feel better. You're down when he said that, I—I I, I couldn't hold it down. I was trying to hold—I was holding my my stomach and trying to minimize the pain and laughing, you know, because I tried it all—the Heisman pose, the the the, 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 the splits. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, moonwalk, none of that stuff. It's the only thing you ever get where you can't. Usually, you can find a position to get comfortable. Is this is the, the only thing I've ever tiger? had. Where <laughs> the crouching tiger. I went into emergency. I went into emergency. Usually, you go to emergency. You look for the kids and stuff like that. You try to be patient. Outside kid, I'm like that kid's got a long life ahead of him. I need to get in here. He got another seventy years of good life ahead of him. I'm gonna have to get in front of this kid. Tonight, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't do it. He's like, I can't, I've never been experienced anything like this. So yeah, yeah it's, I, uh, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm trying not to. Had, but I've heard, man, that that pain is excruciating. I've had several people close to me. They said it, 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 yeah. it's one thing you just not want to have happen to you. Yeah, so I was like, I got to play with pain. I got to play yeah. with pain. <laughs> so we, we, 
<laughs> we gonna do, we gonna do that. I'm trying to avoid it. They telling me to do hey. something. My sister in law hit me with a little remedy. I was like, hey, I'm gonna do whatever I need to do. Mm-hmm. Cause what they say, once you get between the lines, you no longer hurt. You see. <laughs> oh no, they nobody cares. You know, nope. RSG folks want they they want they want us to drop that science. So I said, look, we gonna do this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do and keep it moving. So how right. you been, man? I know this stuff has been crazy. We gonna get into a lot of stuff tonight. It's been a lot going on. Every time I thought I was like, man, I need to talk to Hank or I need to talk to want to shout out to Marcus or uh, to Phil or uh, you know all the fellas, uh, R.J. Page, all the, you know. I was thinking about my crew of folks that we connect with. Justin was on here last week on the podcast with us. And I was just like, there's so much good stuff that's been happening, it's particularly the past few days that we'll hit uh, coming on. And obviously uh, we're going to hit on your, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like your New Year's Day coming up here, opening day. I, I know you already like, you know, uh, uh, you can smell the, the, the grass out there and popcorn and, you know, Man, the music. Man, let me tell you something. So, you know, let me tell you something. Since 45 is so hyped on doing executive orders, he needs to make this a national holiday. You know, this is the time of the year <laughs> That's right. where, you know, you know, just take the day off, enjoy the changing of the seasons, get out to the ballpark. Well, if you can't get out to the ballpark, at least get out into the festivities. This is the one time That's of right. the year, and I know we're going to get into it a little bit more in depth later, but this is the one time of the year for baseball fans and even the casual fans of the sport to really – hope springs eternal for every team uh, in, in the major leagues – uh, starting this weekend, every team is 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 got a shot. Every team has, is 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 in the is in the hunt. And what better feeling to have than to start the season off that way? You know, every stadium will be sold out. I mean, there's nothing like opening day. And there, and like you know, we can say it for any other sports. For baseball, though, it is a rite of passage. There is nothing like opening day. Nothing like it, man. And um... As I've been experiencing it, it just, you know, I've gotten a little bit more in baseball, a lot of because I've, you know, it's what we've done with Inside the Park and just kind of getting, I used to be in baseball a lot growing up. You just know how we were growing up in, in Ann Arbor area. We just, you know, and then I kind of got away from it and uh, I found my way back. I think this is a good thing about, you know, doing your own shows and podcasts. You can kind of get back in it. And, um, you know, you have really gotten me back in the game. And, uh, and I think one of the things that I love your idea about the national holiday, because, one of the things that when you go to a baseball game that we don't – the thing that we uh, have lost the most of in our society that is critical for long-term success is patience. Mm-hmm. And one, one of the things that you find when you're in a baseball stadium, and I know people talk about pace of play, but it, it forces you to reflect and sit back, and it's a different experience. And I found it to be rewarding. You know, the first couple innings were kind of weird because you felt like you needed to be doing something. But once you got into the groove of just kind of letting the game go and enjoying the moment, like you don't have to worry about going anywhere else after this, it was a different kind of sporting experience. And I think we need more. You know, that's why I'm, I'm a little bit um, – I'm on both sides of the of – even as, as we get in more of this as uh, we go farther in this conversation as part of the Inside the Park segment, is there's some things that – we need to hold on to. And that's one of the things I think in baseball is the one sport that 
that has a lot of that as part of the experience. And so, yeah, man, this is good. I'm looking forward to Inside the Park being a regular part of our our, our, our podcast. And one of the things we've been trying to do is also, uh, if you go to us on iTunes uh, to follow us, <clears throat> we're going to try to be pulling that Inside the Park segment out a little bit more so it has its own space for those who, who really want to get to that part as well. So we'll be editing so in some of our podcasts so that um, it'll have a separate segment. You know, but, you know, Hank is a wizard at this. You know, you talk about uh, the, 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 the whatever they call it with the, the, the one minute or whatever that Berman does with his with football. You get yeah. Hank going on this inside the park. It, it's it's going to take on that kind of legendary uh, uh, angle with it. So we have, we have some of the best in the business. I'll put them with anybody. And, and, and when it comes to that, Hank's got it down. And, uh, you know, one thing we love about our folks is that they're versatile. They can spin and talk about other stuff. They can be our lead on one thing but then they can spin and talk about other aspects of sports or other things. So we'll get a lot of that tonight. Um, it's going to be a great one. We're going to touch on this uh, women's tournament, which is just taking this stunning turn. Um, and uh, you, if you listen to uh, Inside the Park, particularly uh, uh, not Inside the Park, but listen to RSG platform. And specifically, I know on the big show, because, uh, you know, our great colleague, uh, Marcus Flowers, is a, uh, is a basketball coach, high school coaches. Uh, uh, girls basketball program, uh, very invested in the development of that game. We all, we have always been that way um, throughout our our uh, our time here. When we did a really big tournament run a few years ago, we we were interviewing uh, uh, coaches, uh, particularly on the women's side as well, um, and really engaging that game. And it comes up on our show probably more or as much uh, any other platform uh, uh, on uh, on sports. And so we'll spend some time with that. Obviously, we're going to talk about the big game tomorrow. Uh, you know, uh, it, we have the RSG, the annual RSG challenge um, going on. And um, it's, it's been crazy because I think everybody's sheet got tore up this year. But uh, <laughs> the one thing I can say is I did pick the finals. I did pick Gonzaga against uh, North Carolina. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, and we'll break that down. Uh, we got some NBA talk, you know, obviously some baseball talk. And then you know how Hank and I do. Something else will come up. And we might just pivot to that. So uh, just come along with the ride with us. Uh, we're going to get down a little bit here and, uh, and, and kick it off. And so now we're going to move into our open mic uh, segment. Um, we're going to start with ladies first. That's what we're calling it. Um, because obviously the championship, their first, their game is tonight. The first uh, national final game is going to be the ladies tonight. We're going to have South Carolina. South Carolina is up. All my people down there in Timmonsville, I know y'all shut it down. Florence. Y'all shut it down. Y'all shutting the state down. Y'all had the men last night. They had a tough loss. Uh, but you got the women in the finals. Um, that's going to be an incredible final. But then we got the people that folks didn't even see, the Mississippi State. Woo! Mississippi State and that young girl, Mo, a woman, Morgan Williams, five foot five, nothing but heart, nothing but game. Well, you're giving her a lot of height. She ain't 5'5". She's 5'2". And she can play. Yes, she can. Man, and, I mean, they they lost by 60 to UConn last year. Now, think about that. They lost by 60. And then came back and got this game. Did you get a chance? Because I know a lot of people tuned in towards the end. I did. I I just said I forgot it was on. I, I went over to try to watch it, and then I, I caught it right at the probably the, the the last quarter 
of the game into the overtime. Did you have a chance to watch the game? I got a chance to see some of the overtime. Um, yes. and, I would, and I, just like any other sports fan, was stunned by the results. And I know by now everybody's had an opportunity to see that last shot, okay, which was absolutely amazing. And and it, it turned women's basketball on its ear. Um, it, it, like you said, just absolutely amazing. But I think what was more amazing about that game, D, if, if, if anybody really want to take the time to, to – to, uh, Look at what went on with that game. Mississippi State outplayed UConn for long stretches in yeah. that game. They absolutely yes. outplayed them. They out-hustled them. They out-toughed them. And with the talent that UConn had and has, were they able to get that game back to a couple of overtimes? Let them back to overtime. Now, I'm just telling you, that, that young, that, like you said, Mo, Mo Williams, uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to just look at the highlights of that game, you will be impressed just because of the gamesmanship, just because of the technique and the fundamental. I don't profess myself in any sort of way to be, you know, a, a, a women's basketball aficionado. I'm not. I'm a casual fan of the sport. But I will tell you this, that this year especially, you know, you, there was a couple of milestone things you want to take a look at, you know, with, with UConn, winning 100 straight ball games. You know, look like they're going to be undefeated and just steamroll, and then to have this happen, I think they did. I think they did a lot to get a, the casual fan, if you will, to start to pay a little bit of attention. And what happened the other night was, you know, was a shot around the world, and it truly uh, one of the greatest upsets in sports history. May not be seen probably by mainstream sports folks, but. One of the best, one of the biggest upsets in sports history. Yeah, and what's, there's some undertones here that that are kind of incredible because, you know, one of the things is you start you see this SEC trend in, in basketball on both the men's and women's side, which is which is interesting. You know, their surge on uh, on the basketball side. So you got two SEC right SEC uh, teams uh, in the finals. But, yeah, that game, they played well. And one of the things um, – and so I've watched, you know, because my, my niece plays uh, basketball um, and is – Your niece uh, would happen to be Asia Wilson, was she? <laughs> no, well, it, it, well, it's not Asia, but this is, this is Chanel. But Asia – You say not that Asia well. Wilson, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> but, not, but not that other Asia Wilson. Yeah, definitely yeah. That, that, big, that big center down there at, 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 at South Carolina. And actually, I was yeah. going to get that point is um, – uh, if, when uh, when uh, Carolina, South Carolina, went into stores uh, about a month ago, right. big matchup, and they had they, they had UConn them. on the ropes. They hung with them. They absolutely hung with them. They hung with them. With a with with a I think with a freshman point guard, uh, yeah. and who was just running that offense and in the in the bigs and obviously Asia Wilson, you know, player of the year type of uh, candidate. Um, and what I saw was uh, uh, a team in UConn that, and this is why I said it was Geno's best coaching job, was that um, he, don't, he, didn't really, he don't really have elite talent on that team, but everybody knows their role. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like, uh, but it's like anything. It's like the, what I call the Tyson syndrome. A lot of times they were beating people before they even got on the court. And when things right. start unraveling, when you have that kind of psychological edge, you think you're playing against Rebecca Lobo. 
<laughs> you think you're playing against Tarasi, right? When you're not, right. it's almost like an illusion. And I think South Carolina kind of took that shine off a little bit. You know, they let them know that there's some ways you can play, which played into Mississippi, Mississippi State's advantage, along with the fact that they weren't playing with a freshman point guard that would, who was kind of really filling out in that way. They are playing with a person who knew she was a star and so who had just scored 40, right? And so, but they had two bigs, that high-low game. I'm telling you, that you are a Michigan fan, and one of the things that uh, I appreciated watching Michigan grow up, particularly in those, those late Frieder, early Fisher years, the, the way in which the bigs passed from the high-low. Weber and, right. and, and Howard, were the, I think if people go back with some of the best ever at uh, the, the, the interchange between the, the high-low and low post, or David Robinson and Duncan. And uh, to see how those bigs really utilize their space, in a way I, I would see Carolina Tar Heels uh, do a really good job of doing it. And you don't see a lot of teams doing that in this, 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 uh, this age, but I knew that would give them a challenge because they are undersized in the post. And usually Gino will have some post players who can, he can put in and insert like that, but he didn't really have a countermeasure. And so I think for him – that was the first time I think people were looking and were like, okay, I see, I see a little something in the armor. And then the other factor, as you know, when you went in the way they went in, you know, it's kind of like UNLV back in the day when they got upset by Duke when they were just kind of blowing everybody out and didn't have as many close games. One of the things I saw in, 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 that, in that Carolina game, South Carolina game, was they didn't look like they handled game time and score very well. They made a lot of mistakes, even though you could tell Geno was telling them and the coaches were telling them what to do. When they got on the court, they didn't execute that way. They rushed. Right. They, they went fast. So they weren't like his other teams. They dominated. But, you know, when they played no, Nebraska, I mean, uh, Notre Dame or some of these other top uh, uh, competitors, they were still kind of close games. And so they had enough games that were still where they had to pay attention to time and score. But this team hadn't played that many games where they had to really – have like an end-of-game strategy in knowing who got the ball where. And so you could see that play out in this game. And right. um, both teams, you know, Mississippi State at the end of regulation and then uh, obviously UConn at the end of uh, the overtime, you know, when, you, when it's basically a one-shot scenario, took early shots and gave the other team a chance at another attempt. You know, so you saw that kind of execution. But, man, that game winner, you could tell when she went down, you, you had a feeling she was going to hit that shot. She, right. she, she kind of went, she went to the basket like, you got to be on the block last time. She just mm-hmm. stopped, popped, put that thing over. And I was yelling. And my, my wife called down. She thought I was having a heart attack. Uh, you can hear me in the basement. I was <laughs> I almost ran out of there like, I can't believe it. Right. But, but let me tell you, there's another your, piece your, to that, too, okay, that we – don't really spend a whole lot of time talking about with women's basketball, but that is pressure. All right, there yeah. is a pressure that that was that team had an 111 game win streak. All right, if you recall the game when they played South Carolina up in storage, that was all over the tube. That's all you could. That's all yeah. you heard about was UConn's you know quest for 100 straight victories, and it was an amazing milestone. Now imagine. All right, these, these these women are playing every game with a target on their back, okay? Up to that game, now they're on the map as to everybody's talking about the UK. Not that they weren't talking about them before. I mean, don't 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 get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But now you've got you a monumental win streak going on, almost PlayStation-like, if you will. 
and now you get, right. you're rolling with everybody. Now you get to the tournament. There's nothing but one expectation if you're UConn. And, yeah, that means that you've got to be perfect every night because every team is going to give you their level mm-hmm. best. Now, given what you have with the Mississippi State and the South Carolinas, especially South Carolina who had the player of the year and gave them every bit of of, of grief up there in stores, and they, they escaped with that victory. But now you come back, yes. every team is, is good that's in the tournament, okay? That's you right. don't have no teams that you can take any nights off on. And they're going to really start to break you down, all right, as, as far as what they can what they can do to exploit what they do well. So, yeah, now you get into X's and O's, and like you said, they're not as big as they were. Very, t- They were talented, in my opinion, but not as big as they, yeah. as they were. But, again, you're going against teams now with that pressure, and now it gets uptight. Again, watch the, the game with Mississippi State. They were outplayed. They were outplayed, yes. but they played with the heart of a champion to get that game back to even, to get that game to overtime. But you just didn't see, for me, what I saw at the end of that game, while we saw – the jubilation and we saw the joy with the Mississippi State team. I didn't necessarily see the uh, the disappointment with the UConn team. And I'm gonna, I want your take on this because it looked to me like those girls or those ladies, should I say, were relieved. That, you know, it's like, whew. Because I, I can imagine playing with that sort of pressure uh, every night. taking And at this point, taking the entire program on your shoulders with this streak. And that can sometimes play into your 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 physical mentality to continue to, to try to play and, and execute and focus. And it kind of goes back into the narrative you were talking about when Gino would try to set up things and they would not be able to execute them on the floor. You know, sometimes it just gets overwhelming weekend, game in, game out, when you're used to blowing the doors off of teams. Now you really got to focus and get in and play. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, one of the things that, Gino said from the beginning, like, this, this, he was surprised by this team. You know, he didn't have a lot of talent. He didn't know where the stars were coming from. Um, and so, you know, I think one of my one of my good good friends, and I love him, he's smart. We're going to have to get him on the show, uh, Alex Polakowski. This is my guy. So Alex is uh, – uh, so Al, but Alex, you know, put on the post because I was talking about – I love the way that – actually, I thought Gino handled it in the game well. I thought he held it a post-game conversation and presser well. I thought his players were amazing. And given I've been a, I've been a part of teams that had long streaks trying to go for a back-to-back, you know, <laughs> and losing when it was that's one of the toughest feelings you can have when you you got a sense that you go you have history at your fingertips. And the way that they handled themselves was amazing. And so, and you could tell that Gino was already coaching. So he was going back to course because he, he felt like Gino had never really fit, you know, admitted to the fact he was out coach. I kind of disagree because I, I do believe uh, he gave Mississippi State a lot of credit. Uh, their head coach is, you know, one of his best friends in the game. And so I think he did it. But I think he started coaching for next year. That's what separates people like Gino and, and uh, uh uh, uh, Belichick and some of these cats Things that you know uh, Things that other coaches do That's no normal thing for you to do They don't do And right. he knows he has a young team that's coming back And he was already coaching As though he understood just what you said You know those are things he could see That nobody else could see You know how they hang against situations On some things they're winning on athletic play 
you know, normally his teams will have a dominant backcourt person who can who could who could do that. His backcourt people who he can really rely on aren't where he needs to be. You know, his his best players are 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 some of the people on the wing and in the post. But he normally has a you know a point guard who could do it. So there's some things he just did well coaching, and they did well executing. Like if you talk about a team that that will do what you say, this UConn team did as much as execution. Like coach wants this, translate this, boom. That allowed for them to blow people out by 20, right? And people not really punching back in the mouth. But then when you get in situations like this, when it's one and done and it's pressure, right, that stuff starts to break down. So I, I, think, you, I think there was some relief. You, you, you look it up there, you got all those legends up there in the stands that you're right. going. And as Gino said, they didn't, this team didn't win 100 games. They won like what thirty three or whatever that was thirty six or whatever thirty six games, but they didn't win a hundred games. And so, but they tried. They, they, I think they were playing like it was a hundred, right? Exactly. You know, they ran. Exactly. They won the the, the last thirty six, but but they're looking up at the stands, seeing all the other people who contributed to that streak. So I think there is a lot of pressure around that. Unless you got you a straight dog on the team, and sometimes it's got to be like like somebody like a Morgan Williams who got the ball in their hand all the time, who can get you over it in those moments. They didn't have nobody else who'd go right back at her. You could see it. Mm-hmm. She was the most dominant player on the floor, and I didn't see that Tarasi on the other side from a ball handling skill state. You know what I'm saying? That that's right. the part that they were missing. And they got one. They got you know my niece played against their their freshman point guard, and they had them on the ropes down in Dallas. But when they when next year when she plays, I think she got that kind of stuff in her. She played a little bit this year. But she didn't – she actually saved the game when they played against Carolina up in stores, came in and gave them a short run and everything else. So I think when that freshman when – when she's playing next year, I think they'll have a player in the backcourt who can do that. They got frontcourt people. They need somebody in the backcourt with that, with that, that, that tenaciousness uh, and, and, a, and willingness to score. This was a big-time up uh, defeat. What, do you think it did anything for the game? I do. I, listen. First and foremost, it did a couple of things, all right? Uh, when you go back into earlier this year, when they were going for 100, you had your casual fan paying attention to it, okay? You had your casual fan saying, what? You got a team that's trying to win 100 straight ball games, so you got folks involved. Now, what we know about sports day is two things, don't we? We know that what fans love to mm. see is records being broken, and then they also like to see streaks end. So I think they did both of those. Okay? They 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 liked the fact that there was a milestone being made with a team winning 100 straight ball games, and then last night really helped bring bring something a little bit more interest into the game. Was oh this great team has just fallen, okay. And so I think what you got to do is start to see what else is going on. You started this casual fan got got introduced to Asia Wilson for the first time when uh, they had an opportunity to. Uh, play in stores with South Carolina players in stores, Connecticut, for that 100th game. They got to see a very good basketball team, uh, a very good basketball game that night. So to your question, what does it do for the game? I think that for for right now, you 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 I like I like what the NCAA has done with women's basketball. You know the fact mm-hmm. that it is right there in the forefront, along with the men's uh, tournament going on. You've got something to watch. You, you've got something to pay attention to. Another thing that I, that I will say that I like 
is that you're starting to see other programs on the women's side start to rise up and give it and give women's basketball a little bit more competition. You know, you kind of get tired of the, the the dynasties of every of every year of or every um, uh, generation, if you will. You had the Nancy Lieberman uh, Old Dominions, then you had the Pat Summits Tennessees. You know, then you had Baylor for a couple of years. Now you've got uh, Gino Oriyama and UConn just running the, running the show. So to see them not win a, a championship. Okay, to see that you're going to have a national championship game tonight that has two teams, and, and neither team is named Baylor, UConn, Tennessee, is going to be interesting. I think that as it goes on, uh, that you're going to see more and more and more, what I call the casual fan, start to see a little bit more of women's basketball. Just to kind of give you a little bit, uh, a little bit more on this, University of Michigan's women's basketball team, which didn't make the tournament, but found their way to win the women's NIT, all right, the first yep. banner ever for that program. And just because and, – and then now what you're seeing now here is more interest in, in, in all of women's sports, that women's championships are as important or more important or as equally as important as men's championships, and now you're starting to see a broad growth with that, and I think it's I think it's wonderful. I think last night, uh, what that did, or the other night, what that did for women's sports is bring it to the forefront. It's as exciting, uh, and in some cases, more exciting than than the men's game. And I think that's that's to, that's to, uh, you know that's remarkable. That's excellent. I think you, that that was uh, well put, and um, you know, and UConn's going to be back. You know, uh, you know, I said and then they're going anywhere. Uh, Dangerfield. Dangerfield, Gabby Williams is incredible. Um, she <laughs> is relentless and uh, hard. Uh, so they, they'll be back. They'll be back. This is the bump in the road. He'll get them back. But then we got Mississippi State moving on. And so we got Vivians. We got the whole crew. I got to go down there and do work. And uh, uh, they're going to be going up against South Carolina. We already talked about Asia Wilson. Dominant, big player, a star. <laughs> if you haven't seen her play, you better get up, get in front of your TV set. She's no joke. You got uh, incredible uh, 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 circumstances. You know, they got to go over the top. You got two SEC teams, you know, so that, you know, they already got the pride there, but you have half, you have to see Asia Wilson play mad skills, uh, yeah, put a team on her back. Going up against Mo Williams, who is got that heart <laughs> and is not going to be denied. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup. I was trying to figure out who I thought was going to win. I, it is truly a pick'em game, and you know, man, I don't know who I. <laughs> it's a pick. I got my roots out there in South Carolina, so all the folks <laughs> in Timminsville, Florence. You know, but then I like Mississippi State. I like the dog, other dog. I like the small point guard going up against the Giants. I like that. You know, I, I like a team that's freely about being spiritual. You know, that that is the most Mississippi State is the most spiritually uh, 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 expressing team of you know, in their in their in their post game. I, I, I like to value that, and that's okay. That's good these days. They got that Southern value there. Uh, so I don't know if if I were to put it down. 
my breaker is I've always been a Don Stanley fan ever since she played at Virginia. She was Westbrook without the Duncan. She she went at, if you had a chance to watch her play at Virginia, Don Don Stanley is is uh, Staley is is the most competitive person I've seen. I, she's one of the reasons uh, I really started watching women's basketball along with Cheryl Miller. Cheryl Miller was bad. You know, Cheryl Miller, everybody talked about they thought she was better than Reggie. But she thought she was better than Reggie. She thought she was better than Reggie. Most and most of these cats in the NBA would talk, but they wouldn't check her. Nobody was gonna really walk up on her like they could like she couldn't play. Uh and so I love Cheryl Miller, but Don Staley boy, woo. She did not play. She got after it. And so I love the way her teams play. I love the way she coaches. I've been a a champion here. I thought she might have the best next great program coming up here. Uh, so on that side, I might lean towards South Carolina tonight. But I wouldn't be disappointed if Lil Mo does it to him again. I'm gonna, be, you know, she start cooking. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna switch on over. I'm gonna be over there with Dak Prescott. She start cooking. I'm gonna be right there with her. She going for forty. I'm going. With her. <laughs> Give me permission to switch my allegiance. So who do you think gonna win tonight? Well, let me tell you something. Um... Having an opportunity to see the both play, and you know, you brought up Dawn Staley, and, and yeah, you, you you didn't mention, but Dawn Staley also a member of the uh, United States women's basketball team, Lisa Leslie, just a dominant, dominant. player in her play. You know what? When I look at this game, there's a couple of things that uh, I cannot help but um, recognize. Number one, you have the Player of the Year, okay, in Asia Wilson. You have that coach in Don Staley, and another thing that I can't help but it just it's just scratching at me. You've just knocked off a team that's won 111 straight ball games, probably one of the biggest wins in your program's history. How do you now top that? Where are you going to get that from? Okay, and that's the thing that that concerns me about Mississippi State. Where do you get that from to try to win a championship, okay? You gave everything you got to knock this team off. On, and, and on the other side of that is when I look at South Carolina and I look at the game that they gave um, UConn, I give them the edge. I give them the edge all the way. I, I, when, I thought, when I looked at this matchup, I think that, you know, if South Carolina is able to dominate the boards, you know, and, and if – for whatever reason, Mississippi State is not patient with their offense, and they try to go toe to toe, and they can't get inside. I, I I see I see a I see a game I see another uh, what they call a slobber knocker of a game, but I I think that on my edge I'm leaning towards your your roots. I'm leaning towards South Carolina to bring this one home. Now you just said something that made me switch up. <laughs> And, and and this is why. This is why. This is why I'm gonna switch. One of my favorite thirty for thirties is the one about the Wolf Pack in that NC State team. And I remember Wittenberg, who was great in that thirty for thirty. If you have a chance to to watch uh, to watch it, you got to watch it. But if you remember, they lost to Ralph Sampson twice, and then they faced Ralph again in the in the in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Big Ralph, they are talking about. And in some ways, Asia Wilson is like that Ralph Sampson. And 
and Mo Williams is like Wittenberg. <laughs> you know, and I am I'm, I'm feeling like after you just said what you said, because you did a really good job of breaking this down, I'm going to go with Mississippi State. I think they got an NC State-type run going in them. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Mississippi State. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go – because you broke it down really well, and I'll be thinking about that 30 for 30. I'm going to put it – I'm going for the Bulldogs. Well, Stark I, I, Vegas I, is going to be on, on fire. Well, I, I and, and, and good pick. I, I, I'll give you that based upon that, <laughs> except one thing. You got – what you broke down – is what swayed me because I had that team of yes. destiny thing going with Mississippi State too until you said Don Staley. I was like, uh-oh. Yes, I know. Don, 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 Don Staley will give up first form for a championship now. I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's why. That's why I was talking. Hey, I mean, I just got to say, Don Staley would eat a bowl of nails for breakfast without any milk, and then go out there and knock them down. Okay, this woman I mean, has won gold medals. Yeah. I mean, it's hard when you Go got ahead. a coach that 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 can absolutely coach big time uh, uh, games like this, and then you got the player of the year. I don't know who the coach was for Virginia when when, when Ralph Sampson played, okay? But it wasn't Don Staley. <laughs> okay, I, I give I give coaching a lot of credence at this level, okay. I give right. coaching a lot of credence at this level, and, I, and let's face it: when you look at when you look at uh, when you talk about that team, you look at Jimmy V and that run that he had, and just what he chose to do against these teams that he simply knew that he was not talented enough. Okay, he did what he did against some of these teams, and they couldn't get out, and their and their um, athletes could not couldn't couldn't do what they needed to do. Okay, same thing with Shashevsky did against UNLV. You know, just slow them down. Don't let them get out there and outrun you. Well, see, the difference here is that Asia Wilson is a is a post player. She is a she is a wide body. Slow it down if you will. We'll just feed her all night long if we have to. Okay, and you better have a good shooting night. All right, because if you don't, if you don't, then you're not. We're, we're going to shut down the middle. Okay, so those things you look at. You just when you're just talking about basketball strategy, yeah. you want. To, Okay, now yeah. now anything can happen. Obviously, we know once they roll the ball out there, anything can happen. And you take nothing away from mm-hmm. Mo Williams. Okay, she can go out there and just light the place up. But if you got a tight game, you know how I feel about a tight game down the stretch. You start feeding, you start feeding your bigs, and and putting them on the line. And and I, and with that alone, if we're talking about, we both agree this could be one of those can go in the way. You know that basketball strategy is going to kick in somewhere. And that's where I have to lean towards your roots. I got to lean towards South Carolina on this one. Plus, I like I like I, I, another thing. You know, kind of related, unrelated story. They did a little bit of a um, personality piece on Asia Wilson when they played UConn, and she's she's also has been trained and coached by her father. But this is a very humble man who taught his daughter how to play basketball, and all you know about is. Asia Wilson. I respect that wholeheartedly. You know, in contrast, we, we talked last time when we was on the air about Lonzo Ball. And since the tournament started, <laughs> any, only thing anybody was talking about was his big-headed, bone-headed daddy, Lavelle. 
And just giving that alone, and I had to bring that up because that made me hate UCLA just because I didn't want to see that man succeed, not even his son. But I digress. I'm going with South Carolina. LeVar Ball impacting decisions. I I will say (laughs) this. You got Asia Wilson. You got Gray, who are 35, who can play. You got Harris, who I like. Man. Oh, man, it's a lot of pain here, man. It's a lot of pain. You, when you put the Don back in there, I don't know if I saw. Don Staley walked in the stores in that 100, that 100 game. You thought she was going to play. Yeah. I thought she might have come out with a uniform on. She, stood, yeah. she was staring at Gino and everybody down like what you thought. It was it was she walked in there like we came to play. What y'all thought? We we care we, we care we South Carolina, we the Gamecocks. She walked through there like we got this. I mean and she did. A, she did. She walked in there, it was a hostile environment. She would not let her team fold under. Do you know how many teams would have folded under that pressure? And I mean they stayed with that that was a good basketball game. <laughs> that was a good basketball yeah. game. Yeah. That was a good and they, they just beat okay. Sta- and, they, and, and they just beat Stanford. So it wasn't like they yeah. just beat us. They, they didn't beat anybody terrible coming up in here. Mm-hmm. Man, 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 man! You gonna try? You gonna try and make me go against a little Mo? She like look she here. like doubt me. Hey, hey! Like I said before, what's going to be known in this tournament is what happened the other night. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what's going to. That's what this entire women's tournament is going to be known for. That amazing upset of UConn by Mississippi State. That being said, the best team right now is South Carolina. They're with the best player and with the best coach. Okay? So if, if you if you're rolling the dice, go right ahead. But, you know, that's where I think it's that's where I think it's going. And plus, you know, that they, their whole basketball program is in a great place. You know, that men's mm-hmm. program, you know, they they had an amazing run getting to the final four. You know, I think they were the sleeper of the whole tournament. And, you know, they but but for them to get to the final four and the teams that they played and how they dominated them, you know, it's been a great basketball season for this you know University of South Carolina. So, you know, somebody's going to bring home the gold. I just think it's going to be the women. Yeah, we, we, we yeah we, we 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 yeah we we uh I mean you hit some good stuff. I mean Don's been prepared for this moment. It just feels like the story would be complete. You know, if, if USA would have just beat the Russians and then went, didn't win the silver, I mean the gold, <laughs> in the next game, then it would have just been they just beat the Russians. But the, the part of it is just you got to cap it off. And for this to really go down, that would be the right way to cap it off. And, uh, they played play some tough games. Um, man, well, I think at the end of the day we just going to watch. <laughs> I think we, right. we push each other back to the middle. We're gonna be on we're gonna be on Twitter on Facebook, you know, uh uh going back at it. But this discussion right here tells you all you need to know. You know, it pushed a lot of stuff to the back back page. You know, we've been having a lot of these discussions lately, the hockey team, women's hockey team trying to fight and push for equal rights. And we have examples of sports where women are the dominant figures. You know, whether it's gymnastics, whether it's uh, 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 tennis, uh, where especially tennis was not that way when I first, when I was growing up. You, you had dominant women players who had the limelight. But right now, half the time, you can't tell who the men are. Everybody knows 
most of the women who are on women tennis, they get equal purses. I mean, when you think about what Billie Jean King and others have done to really raise the level. And so, you know, there's ways for these games to, to, to raise, and it's this kind of competition. At the end of the day, that's the thing about a meritocracy. When you have games like this, you have energy like this, eyeballs get to it. So um, I'm happy for it. I've been a longtime fan. I'm glad the casual fans are beginning to, to see it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely pick up this conversation. Um, I want to pivot to talk a little bit about this, the national semifinals, and then we'll get to, the, we'll get to the, the championship game a little later in the show after we hit some other things. But just in the national semifinal game, I think, first of all, started with this great game on Friday. Everybody's like, well, how are the national semifinals for the men going to top this? And I thought we had two, two great, great games. Uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, we had Oregon against the Tar Heels. Uh, then we had South Carolina. My man, Frank Martin, angry Frank, don't play, love him. Love him. Old school from Miami. You know, love what I call angry Frank. And then cool, cool few. You know, the guy who just, what I, like I said, uh, if people follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at uh, RSGDWills uh, on Twitter. Uh, I, he's Mark Few is on my uh, 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 on my all uh, uh, what I what I call it uh, 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 love is where you live kind of thing. He is one of the people I've always said this. Like sometimes these coaches jump when you have a program that you can build. I think mean, people forget that Duke was not Duke when Coach Gay got there. It had a little history, but it had a long drought of not being good until Coach K got there. In my mind. And uh, it wasn't, in my mind, a national program. You know, I like the early Duke teams because they were very much lunch pill. But Mike decided to make that place national. And, and I always felt like Gonzaga could be that kind of Duke squad in the West, that kind of school that you sit on that job and go. And so I love the fact that Mark Few has stayed there and built this program the way he's built it. And understood the quality. Sometimes it's about quality of life. He got things set up the way he's got it. He's competitive. They've been to the tournament the last, what, 20 years? Um, and then it, I felt like this was what I call Coach K's kind of like Mark Allery team. That, that team, those early teams that kind of got them broken through the hump and over the top. I felt like he had that squad. He had the right mix of transfers and some other stuff that can change his recruiting pattern from here on out. And so it was a great, that was a great game. And I watched South Carolina early in the year against Michigan, and they punked Michigan down there. They sure <laughs> did. And I just at first, at, at first I thought, well, maybe. I, at first I thought, well, maybe it's because Michigan cast the same play with no heart. I'm like, and I, I got on Beeline. I'm like, Beeline got these guys out here playing soft, and so I was more mad at Michigan guys didn't come with any heart, um, and not really realizing, you know, what Frank was building. I knew he was going to build a team like that, but I think I said, well, they look like they kind of limited offensively. They look like a, a better version of West Virginia, <laughs> meaning that they, they can not only stress the floor and play defense, but they play well in the half court. They don't have to always pressure you. They can just defend you in the half court, and they do have a few guys who got some offensive skills. But their, their half court game isn't that developed. And then I saw them in the tournament, and I saw they kind of grown really in this last month offensively. Because I knew they had elite defense. They play the best on-ball defense I've seen. I mean, people should be uh, watching tapes of that. They do not let you get around them. Like, 
basically one-on-one defense. There is no better defenders in the country one to five. They, they are connected. They do all the things. If you're going to run a clinic, they do it. Uh, probably because you don't want to go back to that bench and get that stare. You know, I think he's, he's a, he's a, uh, he's what I call a Bobby Knight with a soul kind of guy. You know, uh, he, he yells at you and you looking at him yelling at you, but he yelled at you a, a, a level of deep commitment and passion that you disappointed because he, he expects you to have as much passion as he's got. And so I loved him and those two coming in. That was a great game. But you could tell just from a skill level, this, I think that was where people realized that these Gonzaga players at another level. And I've been saying, I've been watching them all year. They are not your, they are not your sisters, Gonzaga. They're not your grandmother's Gonzaga. They're not, you know, they're not these cats who, you know, got a little bit of athleticism, not side. You know, you can see where the weaknesses are. This is a team that's strong all the way through. And then you got UNC. Now, Roy Williams has been on my can't-trust-it list forever. I've said over the years that no one's done less with as much talent as Roy Williams, meaning that if you look at his Kansas teams and you look at his UNC teams, this guy has been loaded. You think about that team with Paul Pierce that yeah. everybody thought was going to do something, and then they folded. I mean, you could go on and on with the talent he's had and just falling short. But I got to be honest, in his time in Carolina, he's been to, what, uh, several lead eights, two national championships, He's about to go for a third. And so I've had to evolve my vision of Roy. And I like him as a coach. You know, I like him as a coach, but he's been on my can't trust it list. And so I didn't know how he's going to act. And then you got uh, Altman, who is – I've watched that Oregon team. I watched them put a clinic. My best – my most favorite game of the year was when UCLA came to play Oregon at, at Oregon's place. And Oregon was down by double digits with about four minutes left. And Bill Walton, and Bill Walton is the most annoying person doing games because he ain't gonna never say anything bad about UCLA, and they have him doing all the UCLA games. And he was basically using his own Bill Walton analytics. Was like, uh, you know, this is a team that will score early uh, eighty, a uh, uh, hundred points uh, or eighty points on a regular basis, eighty-five. And given what I'm seeing now, if they're on that trajectory, there's not enough possessions for the Ducks to win. Basically, yeah, put the dirt on them. And then the Ducks came back, closed the game, and then one on the buzzer beater. And I ran out of my room left. And, it, and Bill Walton was complaining about a non-call the whole time. His, 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 his partner was like, Bill, get over it. It was the best thing. And I realized these cats got dog in them. Yeah. They, these cats get after it. They, 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 you got, they got straight ballers. Like, you know, we're going to talk junk ballers, and they were going at it. And so I was like, Man, and I had picked Carolina, and I was like, I don't know how they're going to do it. But then there's that guy, Justin Jackson. Again, patience. Guy went and checked his game out at the NBA. They told him he was coachable. They told him the things he had to work on. He went back in the offseason, worked on his game. I call him Baby Gervin. His game is so smooth. I love his game. I can't wait to see him in the league. And he got the right demeanor. He got the right posture. He plays both ends. He got a frail body, but he tough. He got that floater. That floater is George Gervin S. Floater. He got that three-pointer down, and he defends. And his dog showed up last night. When they needed him, he came to play. And usually Roy's top guys don't always present that dog. That's part of the problem. Don't present that dog down the stretch for some reason. 
uh, but he came to play. Two great games. I've done enough laying up. I got you know I got I got to throw the oop to my boy Hank. <laughs> well, you know what? I summarize I, I, it all. Do your thing. You know what? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I think that uh, anybody, and, and even even the national pundits, even though they had Gonzaga number one and. This was a team that everybody they were on everybody's can't trust it list, D. And 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 you 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 laid that out just so eloquently that Mark Few can be that next Mike Sheshewski of the West, you know, um, which which makes a lot of sense because they've been there a lot a lot of times. Um, they've 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 made it to the tournament, they've made decent runs to the tournament, but never to the Final Four, and definitely not to the championship game. And even, you know, when you looked at when they made it to the Final Four, uh, a lot of folks said, well, they did that because the teams that were supposed to be there got knocked off early, and that's how they got to the Final Four. And then when everybody seen what mm-hmm. South Carolina had did, then South Carolina became the darlings. All right, South Carolina then was supposed to be the team that was supposed to meet North Carolina in the national championship game. If you recall, after the Final Four was mm-hmm. laid out, were already saying, oh, this is going to be an all-Carolina championship, South-North against the South. They were already building this whole thing. Oh, by the way, somebody forgot to tell the Gonzaga that. All right, and what all <laughs> of a sudden happens is here, here's this team that because they play out there on the West, half of America don't get to see them play because they're already in bed or doing something else. And they come out here, and they got this, this young man that can score from anywhere on the floor, Nigel Williams-Goss. And all of a sudden they got these guys – yeah, they got these guys that can dominate in the paint. They got nice bigs. And all of a sudden, you're going to the national championship game. Okay, a very great story. I'm very happy for Mark Few. I'm glad for his, his, his diligence, his perseverance with that program. This is, a, this is another one of these of many, many stories of this year's uh, March Madness uh, tournament of 2017. You know, just the fact that Gonzaga made it all the way to the championship, the fact that Gonzaga – uh, was one of those number ones that, for the lack of a better term, was one of those excuse me number ones because what were you going to give them with that record? But no one really knew how good this team was. Let's let's face it, unless you just was geeky on them, you didn't know that this team was this good. You saw everything else. Then you move over to North Carolina, which, you know, was that team that everybody said was just going to just roll through this tournament like a hot knife through butter. All right, and then all of a sudden, a couple of games during their turn, you know, they had to play a little bit. They didn't look as good, okay? They get to Oregon, and the only thing everybody's been talking about for about the University of Oregon was that Chris Boucher, their best player, went down. That was going to always be a thorn for that team. You know, when they played Michigan, I remember the Michigan reporters here who was covering saying that the majority of the stories about the Oregon basketball team of 100 stories, at least 75 of those stories about Chris Boucher, their best player, okay? So that should give any team against Oregon going into the tournament an edge. In fact, Oregon wasn't expected to to win uh, the Pac-10 uh, tournament, but yet they lost only to Arizona, okay? Then they weren't supposed to get that far into uh, the into the tournament. They were been knocked off by several teams. Lo and behold, they beat Michigan. Lo and behold, they beat Kansas, the number one, the number one seed. They just sort of got their doors blown off by UNC, but they play defense. 
They play sound defense, and that game was a one-point game, probably one of the better games of the weekend. Okay, so uh, now you got North Carolina, and as you've already mentioned about Williams, now he was here last year. I, this was this is actually I, I have to admit, this is the only team that's left in my bracket that I had picked to make it to the Final Four. Okay, the rest of my teams was long gone, and and right now. Uh, my bracket is probably in some landfill here in southeast Michigan. <laughs> but that being said, so this is this is the only team that I had picked, them, and I had picked them to win it because I felt like they were going to have a hunger. But hold the phone. Hold the phone. Okay? There's a team over there on the west that don't nobody know nothing about. And this this and I don't know about you, D, but this feels a lot like last year's final. It feels a lot like last year's final, that this was going in to be a coronation yeah. for the Tar Heels, the Blue Bloods, the basketball, and, you know, you're going to have all of the named alumni there. But, oh, by the way, somebody didn't tell your opponent that they were only supposed to be the Washington Nationals, I mean, or the, the Washington Generals, okay? Uh, nobody told them that, okay? And whoever that team is, the, the Harlem Globetrotters name, you know who I'm talking about, those guys. Yeah, but Washington Generals. The Washington Generals. Nobody told them that that's who they're supposed to be. Watch out for Gonzaga. They can play in the paint. And you know me. I have an affinity for any team that can play in the paint. That's old. That's real basketball. That's how you win basketball down the stretch. Okay? And they can play in the paint and they can shoot. Like I said, I already mentioned Nigel Williams. Cause you mentioned Justin Jackson. It's going to be a fun finals. It's going to be a fun finals. I would caution anybody that just – are going to, again, just crown the Tar Heels. Mark Few has built a program very quietly because a lot of people know about Gonzaga because they got the crazy name, but don't nobody really know about that team. But he's been developing these players, and now he's finally got them to a finals. It's going to be real interesting to see how they play. And I'll say this, because I think you hit something on. They got a kid, this kid Collins, and I said it on Twitter, man, you know, that uh, this guy is like the second coming of Kevin McHale. He got up and under moves, and Karnarski, who uh, got hit in the uh, face, that big fella can pass. The interior post game, it's going to be some of the best stuff going to be happening with these bigs. This is, this is the first time in a long time you're going to have bigs who play like bigs we probably would have seen. The last time I said I've seen bigs that play like this consistently was probably in the – the, you know, maybe the 90s, where you had bigs who were mature enough where they uh, understood the game. And when you think about Carolina's bigs who play well, they pass their entire pass game, you think about – you just think about fundamentals of players when you see maturity in the games. Even the young guys, there's a level of maturity that they play with that are going to be incredible. But bigs, the, some of the best passers on the court are going to be bigs. And right. uh, it's, that's the part that's going to be exciting in a way that we haven't seen because this game has been played so much from the outside in that you're actually going to see some bigs who know how to play. But this kid, Collins, who kind of took over the game, that guy got up and under moves. He did a Mikhail up and under through move. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so you're going to see a lot of that uh, in this game. And I picked both these teams in the finals. And the reason why I picked Gonzaga because – like you said, they've fallen short. You know, you talk about a team that can't be on the can't trust list. They were there, but I watched them, and there's a couple things they had. They had some transfers. 
that I think sometimes good because who who had something to prove. So I think even Williams might have been transferred. You had a couple guys who transferred like they still got stuff to prove, who were kind of big time recruits mixed in with some of the guys he already had, plus some older guys. So I think he got the right mix of players for him. So he got a level of dogs, you know, where he had dogs before, but when it got to the big table with the big game, when they were looking in the eye of other dogs like Cat from UNC, I don't think they quite knew they were dogs. Whereas when you see these cats play, they they not taking these shorts from anyone. <laughs> I love the, pre, the, 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 the the kind of the promo before they came on the court when they're like, we've been we've been we've been in the tournament for for twenty years. Get our name right. <laughs> right. At right. that point, I was like, it's over. It's a wrap. They're like, we've been in the tournament for twenty years. Get our name right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a wrap. So, so you right. I mean, this thing could be interesting in terms of that. Um, but this has but got to probably side, be the most. This has got to probably be the most complete team that Few has had since yeah. he's been he's been with Gonzaga. I mean, he's got he's got some of everything. You know, you can go back to the Bogus, you can go back to the Jimmer Fredettes. Those, I mean, those guys. You shut them down, it was a wrap. You know, you got a little bit more now, and that's what I saw the other day. Yeah. You got a little, you got a more complete team. You can do more things. You're not going to just shut down one guy and somebody, and we can't get inside. You know, we're going to play defense on you. We're going to play defense in the paint. We're going to make you beat us on the on the perimeter, you know. And that's what I saw with this team. I think that, again, uh, it's going to be interesting for the nation to watch Gonzaga. And, 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 and I don't think the nation, after all 20 years, has ever watched Gonzaga. Gonzaga has always been that cute little story of that team, the little team that could. Mm-hmm. They get to the Sweet 16, maybe to the Elite Eight every year. You know, they're looked at as that mid-major, and they're always going to be picked as the Cinderella team. But no one has ever taken his team serious, ever. I'm sorry. So for them to do this, this is going to be real interesting. The nation is going to see what Mark Few has built. And and this is just another narrative of what happens with teams out west, not named UCLA, Oregon, or Arizona, or maybe UCLA and USC on some years, that they don't know anything of, at Stanford. They don't know anything about a lot of these teams out west. Okay, they don't have the big names. They don't have that that cachet. So now here you go, you're Gonzaga, and everybody's like, and I can promise you, who's Gonzaga? And, and you you you're one of the few. I promise you, you're one of the few. That, that that had Gonzaga getting to the Final Four, okay? It's like, yeah, they're going to do like they do every year. They're going to get to the Sweet 16, maybe to the Elite Eight, and that's it, okay? But this and is I, a And I'm going to tell you, it wouldn't have happened if I, I wouldn't have watched them. Huh? <laughs> it probably and wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't The nation is going to be – they're going to be impressed. Here's the thing, though, okay? Why, you you want to pay very close to this. Okay, let's say let's, – let's just play the hypothetical game for a minute. Let's say – for the sake of argument, that the the stars align and Gonzaga takes out North Carolina. North Carolina now loses the second chance at winning a national championship against a team that most pundits would pick for them to have beat. What does this do for Williams? What does this do for him and his legacy? Now he's won a couple, but what does this what does yeah. this say about him? Is there, what, you you said he's on that can't trust it list. So now, what does this, what, in your opinion, what does this say about him? This would be weird because I think his team did everything it was supposed to do last year to win that game. 
you, you just you just wasn't ready for uh, 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 Sleep Easy J. You know, in a sense was, I, I didn't even blame him for the loss. I think he did everything. He got the big shot he needed. He coached that game against a great team, got the big shot he needed, and just lost on the buzzer beater. It depends on how he loses tonight, right? Because if he loses on a last-second shot, which this team, you can, like we all saying this is a pretty even team. Nobody's expecting teams are expecting him to, people might be expecting him to win, but I don't think they're expecting them to blow out the Zags. They're expecting this to be another barn burner, but he's got some players who can get him over the top. But I don't think anybody's expecting them to dominate the Zags. And so you know you're already anticipating a low game, a, a close game, kind of like probably something similar to Oregon, maybe a little bit closer. So if, it's, if he loses on the last second shot two years in a row, I don't think he's going to get hammered as much as if the Zags are capable if, if they just get – they're not even in the game. And people laugh at that, but that is, a, that is a possibility with this team. If you haven't watched the Zags, don't be surprised. Like, these guys pull away from folks. If it's one of those games where his team's supposed to be a little bit more competitive, then I think it's going to be a different kind of judgment for him. Um, I think that, for me, is. Because last year's game, you can argue he did everything he, they were supposed to do to win that game. He did it. They hit the nice shot. You know, it's just one of them tip your hat. No, kind no, of I mean, I, I get that. I get the, you know, if you do everything you're supposed to do. But the narrative is going to be, Get to the championship two years in a row, lose the teams that you're supposed to beat, okay? Because Villanova and and Gonzaga are not blue blood names, okay? So I'm saying to you that yeah, when you break it down, if you were to look at it, but the narrative is to be that Roy Williams can get you to he can get you there, but nine times out of ten he's not going to get you over the top. And I think and, and while we while I'm saying to you, I agree that's not fair. I see that as being the narrative because when you look at his entire body of work as you did, okay, and, and this is kind of piggybacking off of what you were saying about the teams he had in Kansas, and while he did get it done to some degree here and uh, at North Carolina, the narrative is going to be, yeah, but we're going back to the old Williams where, okay, he, he, he might get you there, but he's going to disappoint you at the end. Even if he coaches the game of his life, he can't lose. This is a game I believe that you, you, if you're him, you, this is almost must-win for me. I mean, I think it's another. It, 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 it is. I think what gives him a little cushion is he has two at Carolina. Uh, and people might argue the first one he got, he was kind of doing it with other people's players, but he got two. But I, I'm with you. And I can't believe I'm even arguing this position. If Game Change is listening, and particularly if Phil's listening, if Phil is listening, Phil might have pulled over by now. Like, <laughs> this is not the person I know. In my mind, he's saying he's finally being reasonable, but but because uh, I got I got Bill Self and he, he's Carolina, he's got this Kansas connection, right? I got Bill Self and him in that same pocket um, because mm-hmm. nobody has more talent. And I'm not saying you're supposed to win it every year, but no. you should be in that three championship group. You should be in that three championship group right now, and with the talents that you have. And so, I, this number three is very important for him. So I think you're right. It, this is a must win. Um, and I think part of my problem is I have so much respect for Mark Few as a coach. I think he's elite. I think he's in that same group. I think he's in that Coach K group. Most people wouldn't put him there, but I think he's in that elite group. I think he's one of the top five, six coaches in the country on a consistent basis. But no, most people won't put him there. And so I think part of my problem is I know too much about the Zags. 
you know, in a way that's giving them a lot more respect in this game. But I think from a big picture thing, like you just said, you're probably right. He's got to win this one because this is the kind of game he's got to win against another great coach, another great program, and then you seal the deal. That would get him over the kind of he doesn't have the X and O's. He's not always disciplined with his X and O's. He's kind of loose with the in-game, you know, uh, strategies. It would get him over the top of those type of criticisms that he sometimes gets. So I think you're probably right. He does need to win this one because of mm-hmm. the fact that he does have Mark Few on the other side. He does have a Zag team that's really good, that basically has one loss this year. You're probably right. This is the one that would change the way people view him. Because otherwise, they'll just say he just out, got out coached. Because everybody knows that Few is a great coach. I don't think right. See, and, 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 and see, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't necessarily agree that everybody thinks that Mark Few is a great coach. I don't necessarily agree with that narrative. Not because he's not a great coach. I don't agree with it because I don't think enough of outside of the basketball purists know about Mark Few like they do a Roy Williams, like a Mike Krzyzewski, or a coach like that, okay, or a, a, a Rick Pitino. So he, because, A, he's at Gonzaga, and this is Gonzaga's first trip, okay, just like last year with Villanova, all right. Um, and, and like I said, unless you were a basketball purist, you knew about Villanova. Okay, and all of a sudden here's this team playing in the paint and doing all these great things. And so it's going to look like these coaches are going to be, are being made great by Roy Williams. Okay, and, and, I mean, he's, I'm, I'm, just being, I'm just being honest. I mean, because it's going to be like the coach from Villanova last year. Even though they got upset this year, they got their championship. Okay, and then if, if, if Mark Few wins, okay, all these coaches are great coaches, and they've been made great by Roy Williams. That's a narrative that could very much come out tomorrow if they don't win. I think this game takes on a different approach um, for for the Carolina faithful, okay, because as you said, you, you, you're saying things you know, and I'm not a Carolina fan, but I know of winning with other, other, other uh, coaches' players or can get us to the mountaintop or get, can get us almost to the summit. But, but it's going to fall short, going to slip up somewhere. And you even out of your own mouth say, if something happens down the stretch of the game, okay, that goes back to his days at Kansas, that just, you know, you get it because you're able to get the talent. But what you're doing as a coach, you should be legendary. And another close loss, I think, can can really damage, to some degree, his, 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 his legacy. Well, you broke that down. You said – he like that. He like that championship level boxer that yeah. everybody makes their career off. You know, mm-hmm. it's that it's that cat who who won at least one or two world championship belts. You know, and and you're the up and coming. And if you want to be considered, you beat him. You're gonna get that pay per view fight you're looking for. Exactly. That's right. He's gonna fill up the stadium. They go, you you fight him because you know he's gonna fill up the Barclay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he's gonna bring the blues in. But if we win now. I get to fight Pacquiao. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know I get to fight Mayweather. I'm, I'm up mm-hmm. on that level. I'm I'm pound for pounding. I'm, this is the guy that gets you into the top five pound for pound list. That's the guy you say Roy Williams would be. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he's he, he, he that name fighter that that he took the championship a couple of times. But he's always fighting for it because he's always losing it. You know that 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 fighter. 
So you saying he kind of like Kodo. That's why I put Kodo on. You know, Kodo win every once in a while, but he can never get over the top with that one fight. And so for him, now he's that guy. If you beat Kodo, you, you, that's the mark that you moving towards that top five pound pound. If you want exactly. to be young and up and coming, you beat Kodo. That's who he, that's, he, you know, you know, it, it, he, he, Kodo got some, but he don't, he missing one or two other elements that make him great. Right. So, right. oh man, hey, everybody, you see he warmed up. So while he warmed up, you know where we're going. We got to go to the segment that's heard on the streets across, that's brought baseball game back to the streets. We bring a baseball back to the streets. You know what that means. Here it comes. Spring. 
okay, versus what you get with a lot of the spring training games. You get a lot of the split squads. You're going to get some kids that has got as much chance of making the team as uh, me and D do sitting here in our living rooms talking to you. But you get to watch real major leaguers playing at a high level early in the year. And it's really kind of gets you to whet your appetite for the upcoming season. So bravo to to the baseball guys for the World Baseball Championships. By the way, won by the uh, United States this year. Congratulations. But I will say this, that as you had all these different nations playing this the American pastime, and we were able to cross borders and everything to play this sport, one thing I will say, you know, that players from all over the country, a lot of them play right here in the major leagues, okay? So that's so keep that in mind, 45, when you're talking about shutting down our borders because the land of the free and the home of the brave has still got the national pastime. So let's move on to what we think is going to happen this year. You know, the one thing I love about the start of the season, again, as we said earlier in the show, we have an opportunity to – Hope Springs Eternal for every team in the American League and in, 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 in the National League. All 30 teams, there's Hope Springs Eternal. we got rivalries renewed. We have the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs, and both of them are playoff contending teams. Obviously, the Cubs are defending our World Series champions, and now for the first time in well over 100 years are going to have the target on their back. It's going to be real interesting to see how the Cubbies, you know, respond being in that role, okay? They've, they've still got a lot of uh, front office uh, savvy going on with Theo Epstein. They've got a fine ma- a manager in Madden. So we're just going to see how the Cubbies do this year. we got another uh, uh, set of rivalries, the Nationals and the Mets. Both of these teams, both of these teams now playoff contending teams, the Giants and the Dodgers. Finally, uh, the, Dod- the Giants losing last year in a – uh, even season when they seemed like the, the years before they had, they were winning World Series they they fell back into uh, just just another regular team it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that plays out in the National League West you know we have in American League uh, in American League East you got the New York Yankees who had a massive fire sale got rid of a lot of new names that everybody knows for a lot of these young kids that people have a lot of you know ambition a lot of a lot of uh, thinking they're going to do a real good job this year, but no. No, the Yankees are probably another year out, from my opinion, because the, the American League East is pretty strong, okay? You got the Boston Red Sox, and and they are a team that's going to be reckoned with this year in the American League East. Oh, yeah, also you got the Toronto Blue Jays, okay, a playoff contending team, but it's going to be real interesting to see how they do this year without Edwin Encarnacion, who signed a multi-year deal with the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians, by most baseball writers, are picked unanimously to win the American League Central. We'll see about that. I don't necessarily agree with. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, you have some teams in that in that division, the Kansas City Royals, the Detroit Tigers, that are going to make some noise, some but not much. Don't get your hopes up. It's going to be fun until I'll say, yeah, July fourth. And then I think at that point the Cleveland Indians probably run away and hide with it. I do want to talk about some teams, though, going forward that you might want to keep your eyes on, going to make the seasons, make this season interesting. Take a look at the Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners, a couple of, several years ago, a couple of years ago, signed uh, 
Robinson Cano to this multi-year contract, well over $200 million. They still got King Felix. They got a couple of other young players that we're going to want to keep an eye on the Mariners. The Mariners is are due. Okay, there's a lot of money on that payroll. They also have um, uh, Cruz, and there's a lot of money on that payroll to get that team over the top, at least get them to playoff contention. So you want to keep an eye on the Seattle Mariners. Obviously, the Texas Rangers is another team you want to keep an eye on. Had the best record in the American League next year, only last year, only to fall badly to the Cleveland Indians. So we want to keep an eye on on the Rangers. What do they got coming back? Another team I want to watch for a different reason, and that's the Angels, okay? The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim with arguably the best player in baseball in Mike Trout. The question I have for the Angels and the Angels brass is what in the name of the Angels on your back are you doing? Okay, how do you finish dead last with that payroll, and why does your manager still have his job? Okay, what dirty pictures does he have of front office people that he still got a job when you got the best player in baseball, when you've got Hall of Famers like, like Pujols on your team? Why haven't you built a team and then you fall flat on your face after making the playoffs the year before? What's really going on with the, with the Angels? And if I'm an Angels fan, why does this man still have a job? It seems to me like Mike Sosha and the Angels uh, have underachieved. Okay, especially when you can build a team around a Mike Trout and your and your pitching staff, but you haven't done anything. You know, you, it's it all names, it's all fluff. You know, and I and I'm never I, I didn't understand that. I'm going to go way back to when when uh, me, Mike, and R.J. was doing inside the park. I called for Mike Sosha to be fired then. Okay, fast forward five or six years later, they still haven't won anything, and he's still there. Boy. You know, I, like I said before, I don't know what he has on it, but he needs to be hired by Congress because obviously he's got he's hiding some secrets on somebody, okay? But he still got a job, which is always which is really strange for me. One team I am kind of pulling for uh, out there this year is the Miami Marlins. As you all know, our Miami Marlins had a tragic year last year when they lost one of the best uh, pitchers in the game, young pitchers in Jose Fernandez. Uh, but by and large, up and down that lineup, that's a that's a very that's a team to be reckoned with, especially if you can get you can keep uh, Giancarlo Stanton healthy. And that's the and that's a, and that's been a big if over the last couple of years. But they've got a budding superstar in Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich just kind of came out the blue. He's a homegrown player, and he is doing his thing out there in the outfield. One of the players, um, one of the impact players for the United States. Team in the World Baseball Championships. Keep an eye on the on the Marlins. They're going to be a very very exciting team, I believe, in 2017. And as always, you know, opening day, take the day off. Maybe, like I said, if you got time, take the time. This is the time to really enjoy baseball. Enjoy the nuances of baseball. Let me say this about it: when you look at sports. And you look at how everything's got to be rushed, 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 rushed. And, yes, I spoke earlier uh, in earlier broadcasts about uh, all these things that are being brought to baseball to speed up the game. And let me just say to you that there's nothing really greater than sitting in the, in the, in the stands, having you a beer or a pop or a hot dog, and sitting out there in the open air and watching the game and just watching the strategy that is baseball. Watching, you know, these these athletes, these absolutely amazing athletes, just have to make a move on a dime, 
okay? And it's 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 really fun to watch. It's it's an, it's, it's enjoyable. It's a national pastime for a reason. And this is our holiday. This is our holiday opening day. This is the start of one of 162 plus the playoffs. We're going to tell you that you stay here with the RSG guys. We're going to, and we're going to break it down all season long here on Inside the Park. That's going to be our time for for this day. We we hope that you all enjoyed our show. We had an absolute blast breaking down everything we broke down today. Baseball is just getting started. We're not going to get into any particulars until we got some particulars to get into. But I'm going to tell you that we're going to bring back a lot of things that you remember. You know, I told you so, or I eat crow. I can't wait to get to some of these the segments that we got prepared for you for this for this year for this season. But we're going to tell you play ball. But right now, we're going to say that we're that the ball game is over. We will see you next time. And as always, drive home safe. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.